I'm Kelsey Zeiser. Welcome to What's the Story, a short podcast from Light Reading, where we take a step back from the most significant topics in telecom to tell you the latest news, how we got here, what it all means, and what to expect next. Today, I'm talking with Light Reading's Teresa Krasova about a recent press roundtable that she attended, which was led by the CEO of Kevstar. Kevstar is a Vion-owned operator with the largest market share in the Ukraine. Teresa discussed the challenges Kevstar is facing in providing network connectivity to customers during wartime, and we also discussed why Kevstar plans to invest $600 million in the Ukrainian economy. Hey, Teresa, welcome back to What's the Story? Thanks for joining me. Hi, Kelsey. It's great to be back. Yeah. So you've been following... Um, and I'm probably going to butcher the name, but Kyivstar, uh, one of the Vion-owned uh, service provider in Ukraine, and how things have been going for them, um, just trying to provide connectivity despite um, the war that's ongoing. So you recently listened in on a roundtable with the CEO. Can you give us a few highlights from that? Um, yeah, absolutely. So Kyivstar CEO, um, Alexander Komarov, he was in London for the Ukraine Recovery Conference um, and kind of on the sidelines of that, there was a media um, roundtable. So he kind of um, gave an update on quite a few things, actually, um, one of which was the um, 600 million investment plan that they have recently announced, um, as well as kind of how um, Kiev Star is coping with the effect of the war and the kind of physical damage to the networks and some of the other kind of um, challenges that have arised from that, um, which I'm sure we'll go into more details about um, later on. Um, But yeah, also just kind of plans around both um, kind of expanding its core networks, but also some of the plans um, Kyivstar has for um, expanding digital services. And um, yeah, so there was um, a decent amount that was covered. Yeah, sounds interesting. Uh, so what are some of the biggest challenges um, that Kyivstar and other service providers in the Ukraine region are facing in terms of, um, you know, providing their customers with connectivity? Uh, I imagine the just the infrastructure alone, managing that is really challenging with it, you know, getting um, destroyed, I suppose, on a regular basis. So tell us a little bit about some of the challenges that service providers are facing there. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I think the first one, um, as you mentioned, or the most obvious one is the kind of physical damage to to Ukrainian networks um, because of um, kind of the Russian aggression. And um, so basically, um, recently, um, the kind of front line has been relatively stable up until when the um, when the uh, roundtable happened. Um um, in in the words of of, of um, Kyivstar CEO, who basically and basically kind of it sounds like the networks have been most of the networks that were damaged during the initial um, invasion and the first kind of the initial Russian advance in the spring of um, twenty twenty two um, that were damaged have been repaired since. Um, so basically, um, I think ninety five percent of um, equipment that was on the liber on the territories that were liberated in in autumn have already been repaired and the rest of it is kind of in areas that are 
where it's basically too dangerous to go. Um, because one thing that was very clear that obviously they take the security of their engineers really seriously. So they need to kind of make sure that um, if they're sending them to an area that it's kind of safe enough for them to do to do the works. So that's kind of um, the equipment that was damaged during kind of actual fighting. And then you also have um, a part of the network that is um, some sites that are kind of close enough to Russian troops that they are kind of under constant risk because they're reachable with um, relatively cheap artillery, apparently. So there are some sites, it's, you know, it's it's just horrible to imagine you have, I think he gave an example of one site which is close to the Russian border, which has been apparently damaged and rebuilt 10 times already. Um, so there's... Yeah, parts of the network that need kind of constant um, repairs. So that's, but that's just one side of the war, obviously. Um, there's also kind of a lot of people were obviously displaced by the fighting. So you have millions of people um, because Ukraine kind of is a country that has a population of, I think, over 40 million people. So you have kind of a lot of people who are displaced internally. And as a result, you have the issue of cell overloading. So um, that's one of the things that also kind of need to be accounted for. And then you also obviously have even kind of other people who have left the country altogether and who are now in other countries, I think mostly in Europe. And as a result, there has been kind of a much greater demand for roaming. And it's something that I think the operators are trying to, um, Kiev Star is apparently is trying to um, let people kind of, make sure people can use their Ukrainian cinema abroad um, for kind of similar um, um, rates that they would pay at home and that they can kind of use the local networks with their um, Ukrainian sim. And for that, there have been agreements put in place with kind of Europe, especially European, but some other operators um, to make sure that that's possible. So that's another kind of um, challenge. And then there's also something that I think also worth going into a bit more in depth is um, the problems with kind of blackout and the constant kind of um, targeting by Russian forces of the Ukrainian energy infrastructure, which obviously has implications for the mobile networks as well. Right. And I believe you wrote that uh, 8.2 million people have been displaced and in, in roaming, they're getting about 10 gigs um, additional, uh, but it, it sounds like it's, um, you know, Kevstar isn't earning any money from the roaming. Is that right? Uh, yes. So I believe, yes. Well done on <laughs> I also think it's slightly different. So you have kind of UNDP estimates, then you have some Ukrainian internal estimates, and sometimes they're slightly different, but yeah, it should be around kind of that amount of people. And yes, I think it's kind of, it's it's actually like, it's probably like, I think somewhere around $3 a month for 10 gigabytes of data and a an amount of minutes, um, uh, which, yeah, um, sorry, don't have to hand at the moment, but yes, it's kind of basically what they would have at, at home, um, the, the kind of similar, similar package. Um, and... Sorry, remind me what the question was. Yeah, it was just um, uh, that was that was pretty much it. Um, just that they're they're getting some um, roaming uh, 
options from Kevstar, but it sounds like they're not really profiting from those uh, roaming payments uh, from their customers that are abroad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what it sounds like. There's no, um, yeah, because from what I gather, um, the situation is that it's kind of similar to the, to the roaming arrangement in Europe, which is there's a European kind of zone where you can use your own package um, in other European countries. Um, but I think if I remember correctly, the issue is that basically the data rates in, in Ukraine are far lower than in most of Europe. So that's one of the challenges, apparently. Um, but that's kind of partly forward looking because there are plans to include Ukraine in the European roaming um, roaming zone. But as things stand, to circle back, sorry, um, yes, they're, they're not really, it's not, it's apparently kind of just about breaks even, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. And then uh, how is Kevstar addressing uh, blackouts? You wrote a little bit about battery backups and generators, but it sounds like there's also challenges there and reliability of the the batteries and then also getting kind of balancing uh, sufficient gas with, uh, you know, it can create a fire hazard if you're storing too much. So tell us a yeah. little bit about what what some of those challenges are that they're they're balancing and, and addressing blackouts. Uh, yes, absolutely. So basically, um, the blackouts have there's I think, I think I included a stat in the article, because it's quite I found it incredible that between January and October, I believe, um, the level of operation on the network was reduced by 60% um, because of the blackout. So it, it really has a quite a big um, impact. And the way they are um, the way they are reacting to it is by in basically upgrading batteries um, from AGM to lithium ion, which is a more advanced technology. But the challenge with that is that with the lithium ion batteries, you need to kind of optimize it, um, which from what I gather, usually requires um, you to know what sort of cycles you will um, use it for. But obviously, with if you kind of need them for to, to kind of um, power sites during blackouts that are brought on by bombing, it's it's hard to um, or you know the war is hard to um, it's not very predictable um, as far as I understand it. So it's hard to kind of get it right. And then apparently initially there were some fires because of. Um, the battery optimization issues with one side kind of burning down altogether. Um, so that's the batteries. And I think they have a goal of updating all of their AGM batteries, which is what they're using at the moment, by next spring. And they are kind of about around, I think, 50%. And the generators, um, that's also another big thing, obviously. Um, the they I think they've already upgraded. There was a plan to upgrade three uh, to... Um, bring up the numbers of um, generators from 300 to 2,000, which um, obviously it has its own set of challenges because, as you said, you need to be able to source enough fuels for those generators. Otherwise, they're not much use, really. And as you imply, there is the problem of kind of sourcing that fuel and also storing it because apparently the um, consumption of Kyivstar isn't big enough to warrant kind of separate truck deliveries, but also if you have a blackout, then quite possibly you will have a, um, you will have a, uh, you won't, you might not have kind of gas stations might not be open. So that's another issue. And obviously um, 
there are fire hazards brought on by storing the amount of fuel that um, a company may need to to power its sites. So yes, there's definitely one big challenge. And also there's the issue of maintaining the generators because they require apparently quite a lot of maintenance, mm-hmm. um, which if is not as much of a problem in big cities, but if you are in somewhere more rural or like a small smaller town, um, it's very quite difficult to make sure that there is someone there who can who can see to the maintenance, basically. Right. Yeah. Definitely uh, seem to have the cards stacked against them a little bit. Uh, and just to wrap up, um, you know, you mentioned earlier that um, despite all of this, KFSR is um, impressively, I think, planning to invest six hundred million in the Ukrainian economy. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, what they might be using that money toward? Yes. Well, I think they're, they're very much looking towards the future with this. Um, one thing that, that was said is that basically they're kind of hoping to take part in the reconstruction, reconstruction effort once the war is over. So part of the investment package is the kind of probably most obvious thing, which are the um, which is their core business, the networks. So they have a plan to increase the 4G coverage to 98%. Um, there's no 5G just yet. I think there was about to be a spectrum auction um, just basically before the war started, but obviously that's been postponed. Um, so they are increasing 4G coverage. Um, and also Kyivstar is looking to expand into digital services. One thing, one area where they have already expanded to is um, health um, kind of healthcare they've acquired um a platform called healthy through which for example people can do remote um, doctor's appointments and they are looking to expand it into a um, b2c offering i believe um and they are also looking at some other areas one thing to say with this is that from that apparently Kyivstar is really looking into especially areas that have a social impact um like healthcare, for example, um, but they've also, I think they explored education, but I don't think they doesn't sound like they found the right opportunity. Um, and so, yes, so digital services and core networks. And one other thing I should say about the core networks, they're also upgrading the fiber network. Um, they're, yes, they're basically upgrading it to one gigabyte, um, to one, one gig network. Um, but obviously with all of this, it's kind of, I think the way, I, I know it's the best way to phrase this, but obviously kind of certain areas geographically will be prioritized because of the kind of implications of, of um, the war, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I imagine um, it, it depends on where they can get to. Uh, the fastest and you know in in your articles you talked a little bit about um, challenges in connectivity especially around the front lines and um, you know it's it's dangerous for their own employees to be in those areas so and also I imagine there's some areas that have been um, you know face more destruction than others so uh, yeah, it's, it'll definitely be a long road ahead, but uh, I think that's encouraging that they do have a plan and, and the healthcare aspect is, of course, really important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, great. Well, um, it'll be interesting to uh, watch this story unfold. So looking to forward to future updates uh, from you. Thanks so much, Teresa. Thank you, Kelsey. 
thank you so much, Teresa, for taking the time to talk today. And thank you to our wonderful producer, Pierre Landrio, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more interviews and insights from the team. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time.